2: Locked On Podcast Network and Radio.com present Locked On Today.
3: Will Russell Wilson be cooking in a new kitchen next season? The Big Ten continues to captivate college basketball. Plus, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, or Dak Prescott? Who you got? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and the biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Today
2: all major sports. Found Let's start with the biggest story.
3: You could be forgiven for being skeptical of early reports of Russell Wilson's unhappiness in Seattle, but a new report in The Athletic says that his relationship with the Seahawks is barreling toward a boiling point. Joining me now, Corbin Smith from Locked On Seahawks. And Corbin, the trade talks are apparently in some state... Russell Wilson has said, according to Adam Schefter, he does not want to leave Seattle, but has given a list of names. Is this salvageable at this point?
1: I think that it's still salvageable, but definitely the report that came out today from The Athletic and those three writers, by the way, are outstanding. Yep. And so I trust everything that they reported on this relationship. I think that it's certainly going to be a difficult situation to mend, but there is a lot of time and I think what is working in the Seahawks' favor is the fact that Russell Wilson's got a $39 million dead cap hit. I mean, it would completely wreck their salary cap, even if they were to explore trading him. And from everything I've been told, this has not changed the last three weeks, regardless of the different reports that have come out I've been told that Russell Wilson wants to be a Seahawk. He's not interested in being traded. It is kind of interesting that his agent relayed four teams that he would be interested in playing for. I I found that to be a bit strange. That's definitely coming from the quarterback's party, not the Seahawks. But again, this does seem like a situation if the Seahawks can go out and they can address some of the issues that Russell Wilson is upset about, get him better offensive linemen in front of him, and allow the offense to be catered to what Russell Wilson wants to do a bit more. And I think the hiring of Shane Waldron certainly can help in that area. Wilson helped pick him as the new coordinator. If they can do that, then they have the opportunity to fix things.
3: What can the Seahawks do here from a personnel standpoint? Obviously involve him in the process as part of the deal. But what can they do from a personnel standpoint to say, hey, this is our good faith investment in our relationship."
1: Yeah, and this was something that was interesting from the article from The Athletic is that apparently Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll had a meeting recently after the season ended, and Wilson was not overly happy with the responses he was getting from Pete Carroll on how they were going to address the offensive line. Carroll told him to have faith. He can restore that faith by going out and getting a big-name, proven offensive lineman off the market. It, no more getting Luke Jokels and Jamarcus Webbs of the world and overpaying for them. Go get a legitimate all-pro player. I think Corey Lindsley, the Packers center, that it sounds like he's going to hit the market. If I'm the Seahawks, I'm I'm doing whatever I can to sign Corey Lindsley because that right there would show Russell Wilson, we're listening, we're listening to what you want We've got you an all-pro center now that can block for you that's going to have an impact on the rest of our offensive line. And then maybe use your second-round pick on a left guard, the other position that they're going to have vacant where they're missing their starter. Mikey Potty just retired. If you get a quality guard in the draft that way, you sign Corey Lindsley at the center position. David Andrews would be a good second option. New England center that's going to be a free agent as well. If you can do that, I think that on its own, would send a message to Russell Wilson. We are 100%. We are still committed to you. We are going to build this roster around you. And then Shane Waldron is going to provide the opportunity, hopefully on offense, more of an emphasis on the, the short intermediate passing game that can help the Seahawks protect Russell Wilson and get that offense back up and running.
3: Does the Big Ten have the best team in college basketball? That's next. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Just because the NFL is over doesn't mean there still aren't plenty of ways for you to make some money betting on your sports knowledge. And there's one place that has you covered, one place that we trust. That's BetOnline.ag. And right now, when you sign up for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you will get a 50% welcome bonus. That means they will give you money. Just for putting money in your account, it couldn't be easier. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. There's NBA to bet on, college basketball, baseball is going to be here before you know it. Hockey, golf is a blast to gamble on. And when you go to betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On, you will get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.
2: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Dallas
3: Mavericks had a chance to get a statement win over the 76ers on Thursday night, but as Keith Pompey from Locked On Sixers explains... It was Ben Simmons night instead. The Sixers just
0: defeated the Dallas Mavericks, 111-97. It was a pretty good game for the Sixers. They had balanced scoring the first time in a long time that the bench really stepped up and played. And Ben Simmons, what can you say about Ben Simmons? He did a solid job on Luka Donich. He played great defense. He played both sides of the ball. And right now, the Sixers remain a half a game. Ahead of the Brooklyn Nets in the Eastern Conference standings.
3: The New Orleans Pelicans gave the Milwaukee Bucks all they could handle on Thursday night, but the Bucks, behind 38 points from Giannis and Tedekumbo, pull out a 129 125 victory for their fourth in a row. The big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo, added a career high 24 points in his charge, with under three seconds to go sealed the victory. The clippers forgot to show up against the grizzlies on thursday
1: what's going on clippers fans chuck Mockler here one half of the hosting duo over at locked on clippers coming at you after a pretty horrendous 122 94 loss in memphis for the los angeles clippers i mean no one had it tonight not a single clipper scored over 20 points tyus jones for the grizzlies got a career high against uh, our quote-unquote defense tonight. And this one just wasn't working in any way for the Clippers. Let's hope they can bounce back tomorrow. Usually you try and put these performances behind you, but that's kind of difficult when we play the exact same team in around, you know, 18 hours or something like that. Let's hope that tomorrow is the complete opposite of what happened tonight for the Clippers.
3: Former USA Olympic gymnastics coach John Getter died by suicide Thursday hours after he was charged with two dozen crimes stemming from allegations that he physically, emotionally, and sexually abused gymnasts under his care. Gettert, 63, was scheduled to be arraigned in Eaton County, Michigan, on Thursday afternoon. Michigan state officials charged Gettert with 24 felonies, 20 counts of human trafficking and forced labor, one count of first-degree sexual assault, and one count of second-degree sexual assault, racketeering and lying to a police officer.
2: Here is another story you need to know.
3: The number three Michigan Wolverines dominated. Number nine, Iowa, 79-57. They moved to 17-1 and on the season, 12-1 and in conference. Joining me now from Locked On Wolverines, Isaiah Hole. And Isaiah, tell me why Michigan is not what? the best team in college basketball. <laughs> tell me why.
0: I don't know that I can, uh, right? Like, watching Baylor coming off of the COVID break, that, you know, they they weren't even, you know, they weren't as complete even as Michigan was when they were when they were doing the same, um, which isn't a knock on Baylor. I mean, that's hard to, to be on break and come back. Gonzaga is very good, but I, I just feel like even though they have some huge wins, you know, including that you know the mutual win against Iowa, uh, I, I just don't feel like I, I feel like that is the competition. Right. Like Gonzaga, I feel, plays like a weaker schedule overall compared to Michigan playing in the Big Ten and Michigan has been clowning every single team that it plays in what is widely considered to be the best conference so I feel like Michigan's more battle-tested and it's an unselfish team and even on a night like tonight when it was kind of off it still found a way to win by 22 points so that's a I think that's a credit to what Juwan Howard and company have done and it's it's a team that is stout defensively, and you saw how they treated the number one offense in the country, treating them to their their worst output of the year, held Luca Garza to his worst, the National Player of the Year uh, front runner, to just 16 points, his lowest output of the season. So uh, I, I feel like this is a team that fires on all cylinders, even when it's not firing on all cylinders, if that makes sense.
3: Yeah, the combination of offense-defense is what really stands out to me. I mean, you mentioned a, a somewhat off night, on an, on an off night, they shoot 47% from the field and 47% from three. I mean, that is how good this team is right now.
0: Yeah, it's, and it, I should say it was an off half, really, because it was the first half that well, things were not that good, and they were shooting uh, 40% even, and it, it took a lot for them to even get to that point, because they were around 32% for most of the first half, and uh, defensively, they were really good then, and uh Honestly, like defensively in the second half, they, they weren't quite as tight because they seemed to focus a little bit more on on scoring and getting out there and running and, and doing all the things that uh, they went from having like four assists, I believe it was, in the first half to uh, ballooning that to double digits again, and that's what we're used to seeing is an unselfish basketball team that d- finds the open man and they execute, and they weren't really doing that in the first half for whatever reason, and then they found a way to do it, and that's the team we've been seeing all year, and, uh, you know, they definitely rebounded from some defensive woes against, uh, you know, Ohio State has a really good offensive team. Iowa's wed- widely thought to be better even than the Buckeyes, and Michigan just put on a defensive show uh, when it came to limiting what Iowa and Luca Garza were able to do.
3: Yeah, Luca Garza, 6 for 19, so he gets his 16, but on a wildly efficient night, as you said, one of his lowest outputs of the season. Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, or Dak Prescott, who are you taking? Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and why not when you've got names like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, German chocolate, salted caramel, double chocolate, all of these bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and yet they're low-calorie, low-sugar, high protein, and high fiber. It is a miracle of modern science. I'm telling you these things are the best. I have tried every protein bar on the market in my life. Nothing holds a candle to Built Bar. They truly are the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BiltBar.com.
2: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day.
3: With Deshaun Watson demanding to be traded, Russell Wilson leaking that he might could want to be traded, and... Dak Prescott's future in Dallas very much up in the air. I thought it was only appropriate to bring in your boy Q who covers the Las Vegas Raiders who also might be in the mix for a quarterback. In fact, according to Adam Schefter, was on the list of teams that Russell Wilson gave to the Seahawks that he might be willing to go to in a potential trade even though he says Q he doesn't want that trade. If you're the Raiders, let's start with the Raiders. If you're the Raiders, which of these three intrigues you the most? I'm going to have to go with Russell
4: Wilson. I'm a big Russell Wilson guy. Uh, I liked Russell Wilson coming out of school. Thought he was the best quarterback in that draft. He ends up going to the third round. And, well, you see what he's able of doing. But I will say... He hasn't been back to the promised land since the Legion of Boom and Marshawn Lynch have been gone. (laughs) You know what I mean? So there's always that. But I do like Russell Wilson. I like the fact that, you know, he's older. I think that him and John Gruden would work together really well. He's a winner. You know he's a winner. I think with the Raiders offensive line, it would help out Russell Wilson a lot. Wouldn't have to use his legs as much, but he could still be a threat. Obviously, he's got the skills with his arm. He's got the arm talent. Uh, I like him the most. Deshaun Watson is probably the best because of his age being 25 and he's still a young dude, but he's coming off the best career year he's had and they won four games. Right. So, you know, that's always something too, it's something to that. And I, I like Deshaun Watson a lot, but I, for my money, I would probably roll the dice with Russell Wilson. Oh, by the way, he's only got three years left on his deal. So you can always kind of reevaluate your situation in the next three seasons, but you know, you have a guy that for some reason has never had a vote for the MVP but very well should have a vote for the MVP.
3: I think the Watson part of this, for me, he's the answer. I want Deshaun. Give me Deshaun. Yeah. And and my answer to almost any quarterback question is Deshaun. Right. Um, I think Deshaun Watson being on the on the trade market, there are 31 teams who would be smart to consider giving up almost whatever for Deshaun. He is unbelievable, and and the culture. That's the thing for me, Q. He is. You know, Dabo Swinney called him Michael Jordan. I, I don't know that he's Michael Jordan, but he is someone who can come in and regardless of what this Houston ending is going to look like, he sets the tone every day. He is the guy to lead your organization. And for me, I am all in on Deshaun Watson. I think he's one of the three or four best quarterbacks in football. It's Mahomes, it's Rodgers. And then if you want to tell me you think Deshaun is three, I'm i I'm cool with that. I, I think that's reasonable. If I'm Miami especially, Miami, they can compete right now, so Russ makes sense, but they also have a longer track record here. They have a longer runway because of the some, the young talent on that team. If I'm Miami, whatever you want, Houston, I'll take Deshaun. Right, right. No, and,
4: and look, Deshaun Watson is a great quarterback, and uh, like you mentioned, 31 teams in the league could pretty much use him. You know, outside of the Chiefs and, and the Packers, they don't need him. I mean, they got Aaron Rodgers. I mean, But still, either way you look at it, Deshaun is great. And, I mean, the one thing that I could say about the Raiders and Deshaun, it's not like they don't have a lot of Clemson players on their team.
3: <laughs> it's, it's true. Mike I mean, Mayock loves him some Clemson players, and and look, th- there are there are plenty of reasons. You know, you you, you reunite uh, Deshaun with Hunter Renfro, who yep. was at Clemson for I think ten years. I don't know that uh, he had some NCAA special dispensation. He still um, might be there. He <laughs> still he might double down
4: and go back to Clemson while he's not with the Raiders. I don't know. <laughs>
3: And finally, need some waiver wire tips to win your matchup next week? Hi guys, it's Josh Lloyd here from the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, giving you some waiver tips for Friday through Sunday
4: to maybe win your matchup this week. Look at Jared Vanderbilt for the Timberwolves. He played over 30 minutes last game. He's their starting power forward. He's an interesting ad. Isaiah Roby of the Oklahoma City Thunder, two games in those three days, and it's a back-to-back. So he's gonna start one of them with Al Horford sitting, and then a couple of Patrick's. Patrick Williams of the Chicago Bulls and Patrick Beverly of the LA Clippers, two games over those three days and blokes who are available on the waiver wire that you can add that might
3: actually give you a nice boost to end the week. Check out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast wherever you find podcasts. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked On Bets, download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on Monday, will there be any movement in the quarterback carousel? We'll have the latest. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.